Hey, good morning, Journey Church. How you feeling? Oh. <laughs> All right, 9 a.m. I know that it's Labor Day weekend, but you can be excited. So let's start that over, okay? How you feeling today, 9 a.m.? Yeah. There we go. Hey, thank you guys so much. It's an honor to be uh, be able to just deliver this last week of You Matter. If you're joining online, thank you so much wherever you are watching. Again, we're honored that uh, that you're watching, you're following along with us today. Uh, like I said, we're in this last week of the You Matter series, and uh, I think that it has been great each and every week. I've tried to grab one thought and apply it to my life. I hope that you've been doing the exact same thing. And so in this last week, here's what we're going to, we're just going to jump straight in. We're going to be talking about this thought right here is that you are invaluable to God's work. That's what the, the, the takeaway point from today. That's what I want you to walk away with is that you in this, you matter series as we end it, I want to end it the right way. And you are an invaluable part to God's work. So let's do this. Let's pray. And then we're going to jump in. Okay. Um, God, we are just so grateful. And we are so honored and thankful that you have given us the opportunity to hear the gospel today. And I pray, Father, that it is more of you and less of me, God. That it be your words, it's your words that changes life. It's your son that delivers salvation through a relationship with him. And I'm praying, God, that every single person who's joining us online and every person in the room would at least grab this one thought. That you are invaluable to God's work. In your name we pray, everyone said, Amen. Now, when I first heard this word invaluable, I don't know about you, but for some reason I, it seems to have a bit of a negative connotation for me. It, I just, I think it's a negative word, but it's actually not a negative word. It doesn't mean that you have no value. It actually means that you are priceless, indispensable. You are irreplaceable. You and I, we are a child of God. That's what it means. We're invaluable to God's work. And Jesus actually tells this parable of a shepherd who has 100 sheep and one of those sheep wander off. And then he decides, hey, I got to go find this one sheep. This one sheep was so valuable to the shepherd that after it wandered off, the shepherd would leave 99 sheep and go after that one. When the sheep was lost or wandering off, he didn't look around at the 99 and go, hey, have you guys seen Dave, the sheep? No, you haven't seen Dave. Well, that's fine. At least I have 99 other. That's not how he reacted. That one sheep was so valuable to him. You know, I'm, it come November 22nd, probably a little bit earlier than that. I'll be a father of three in my house. Bless my heart. And uh, I'm excited about that. But if one of my children wandered off and it would definitely be our middle child, Libby, definitely, it would definitely be her who wandered off. I wouldn't look at my wife and go, hey, babe, do you know where Libby is? No. Well, oh, well, at least we got two more. I wouldn't say that, right? Why? Because my children are invaluable to me. They are priceless, irreplaceable to me. And here's what I need you to understand this morning is that you are a child of God and you matter to him just because of whom you are. You are uniquely created by God and for God. But not only that, you were created with a purpose inside of you. You were uniquely created by God. You were created to make a difference in his church for God and as the Church, And the reason why I feel like this is so difficult sometimes for us to lean into and for us to believe is that when we look at the church as a whole, when we look around the people at the people that are serving in different areas, 
I don't know about you, but I, I feel a little inadequate sometimes. I look at Pastor Wes and the team that just led with such passion and talent, and I think, hey, I really wish that I could do that. Uh, there's, I can't count the, how many times I've found myself in a bathroom or, or in a bedroom, and you've done it too, don't you judge me, where you're singing to 20,000 people and you're leading with passion, right? But you don't want me to sing on the stage because you'll leave and no one will get saved. I know God can work even in those tough moments, but that's a tough moment to hear me sing, right? And so we are, I, get, I feel so inadequate, and so sometimes I feel like, and it, it, hopefully you're like me. I think we, we, we're, we're cut from the same cloth in this sense that sometimes you feel like you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you're not talented enough, you're not spiritual enough to make a difference. And maybe your past is dark and then you've done some, some pretty messed up things and you have a lot of mistakes that you went through and you thought, well, there's no way that I can help change someone's life. And unfortunately, a lot of us, including myself, we believe this lie when it comes to church. And it's this is that is that if I were not here, would it really matter that much? If I were not here doing my part, if I were not, if I wasn't holding a door, if I wasn't changing a diaper, if I wasn't leading from the stage, if I wasn't in the parking lot, if I wasn't leading a life group, if I wasn't doing that part, would it really matter that much? You are irreplaceable. You are indispensable. You are priceless. And my prayer today is that you recognize right now that you are, in, you are invaluable to God's work. And He invites you into a relationship with Him. And He wants to use you to help change the world around you. In fact, I want to show you a metaphor that the Apostle Paul uses in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And he's actually talking to the Corinthians. So let me just kind of give you some context. Corinthians, I feel like, are a lot like us. They weren't born a noble birth. A lot of them were slaves. They weren't highly educated. I guess you could say they weren't born with a silver spoon in their mouth. And so maybe it would be difficult for them to see how they could help change the world around them. How they, hey, how, how do I matter in the grand scheme of things? I'm a slave. I'm not smart. I'm not talented enough. How can God use me? And Paul is trying to encourage them in this verse. This is what it says. It says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. The human body has many parts. So Paul's saying, hey, the human body, just like the human body has many parts and every single part has, uh, has value and has purpose, so does the body of Christ. And when those, all of those bodies, or excuse me, all of those parts of the body come together, they make the body of Christ and they can impact the world around them, the people around them. They all have purpose. These many different body parts, when they come together, they take on a new identity, the body of Christ. Let me explain it to you this way. Let's, uh, let's play a little game. Um, I'm the student pastor, so we, we tend to have some fun on Wednesdays. And so I want to play a little game. This is where you guys would talk back to me. I'm going to show you an animal on this screen. And then I'm going to show you the same animal in a group. And I want you to tell me what the group of that animal would be called. Okay, so let's, the first one I think all of us are going to know right here, this is an elephant, right? Is that an elephant? Yes, we all agree. Don't say roll tide. That, that would be, don't do that. Don't bring that in here right now. So this is an elephant. So what would you call a group of elephants? A herd. All right. Yeah. All right. Somebody's listening in class. Here we go. Here's the next one. This is a lion, a lion. So what would you call a group of them? 
A pride. Yeah, we're doing very great. That's, that's well done. Here's the next one. Che- excuse me. A Cheeto. Now, if you put a group of those together, what would you call them? Not Cheetos, right? You wouldn't call them Cheetos, but you would call them, does anybody know? A coalition. Weird name. I don't know why. That's great. And here's the last one. What is this? It's a donkey. It's a donkey. Now, what would you... Easy, church people. (laughs) Easy. Easy. What would you call a group? Anybody? A pace. You would call them a pace. Here's what I want you to know. Each animal on their own has their own identity. It has a purpose, right? But when you bring them together, the whole group takes on a new identity. And they're stronger and they're smarter and they can make a greater impact. So what would you call a person who has surrendered their life to Jesus? You would call that a Christian or a follower of Christ. But what would you call a group of people, right? A group of people who have surrendered their life to Jesus and the call that he has placed on their life to go and spread the gospel like wildfire. You would call them the body of Christ. We collectively are his body. We are the body of Christ and we are invaluable to the body of Christ, to God's work. So if you are in here and you serve in any capacity and you're opening doors and you're directing cars, you are his hands. If you go on mission, you are his feet. If you are sharing the gospel with the people around you, you are his mouth. And if you are loving your neighbor as you love yourself, you are his Heart, you are invaluable to God's work. And Paul wanted the Corinthians then, and he wanted us to know now that every part of the body matters. There's no part that is more important than the other. Every part plays a role. This is what he actually says in 14 or verse 14 through 17. He says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one. And if the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, That does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? And if the whole body were an eye, it would look really weird. How would you hear? Or if your whole body was an ear, how would you smell anything? Every part of the body matters. And I love this portion in Scripture. I really do because... I think that for you and I, a lot of times we compare ourselves to others. I know that teenagers do. I know students do. And so I know that we do. I, I can only speak for myself. I, I compare myself, myself a lot to other people. And so when I look at other people, I can feel inadequate, but I can also feel like my part doesn't matter. I feel like uh, I'm not going to be able to make as big as a difference as this person. And so am I really that important? And I love that Paul contrasts the ear and the eye, right? Because if you're an ear, you may feel less important. You may feel inferior when it comes to the comes to the eye. I mean, for real, honestly, think about think about the world. Think about how important the eye is, right? I mean, no one who is in love, no two people who are in love stare into each other's ear. And if they do, that's weird, right? No one does that. No one has ever had an ear to ear conversation. Beauty is not in the ear of the beholder. So if you're in ear, you may look at the eye and go, What I'm doing is not that important. And if you still think he's talking about an ear, you're not listening. 
He's talking about each, other, each of us. He's talking about us as people, as children of God. And when we look at the people around us, we may think, hey, I don't matter. And what I'm doing does not matter. Paul would also go on to say this in verse 22. He would say, in fact, and I really, here's, I really need you to lean in to this verse because this, this, this wrecked my world this past week. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important that seem the weakest and least important, those that are not on the stage, those that seem like they're the weakest, those that seem like they're not very important, those that work in the parking lot, those that are changing diapers, those that are praying for students and children when no one else is seeing it, and you feel inferior, you feel weak because nobody sees what you are doing. The parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Those that are doing the small things, but in, in God's eyes, they're the big things. And you may think nobody sees what I'm doing, but you are actually the most necessary. I did some research on body parts that are overlooked and didn't get a lot of airtime. And so when it comes to the hand, right, the hand, you have the, the, you have the thumb, and that's a, it's good for thumb war, right? So you can, I'm real good at that, so bring it on. So thumb war. And then, but it also separates us because we have this opposable thumb. That's how we grasp things. And then you have the pointer finger. You can point and you, hey, I can give directions. I can catch the elevator. You can really get up in somebody's grill, you know, when you're mad. And then you have the middle finger. We're not going to go talk about that one because it's not usually used for godly things, but it is important, okay? And then you have the ring finger, which is really important to me, especially married people, right? It's because that's the ring finger. This is how I'm communicating to you that I am taken, that I have a beautiful wife. I'm committed to my wife until breath leaves my lungs. And then you have the pinky finger. And now think about the pinky finger. What is it good for? We we all the way home. That's it. That's all it's really known for, right? But did you know, and I didn't realize this until I did some research, that more than 50% of your hand strength comes from the pinky. More than 50% of your hand's strength comes from the pinky. Every part of the body matters. And the reason why I use this, I use this as an example because there's people in this room that feel like the pinky. You feel like all the other hands are getting all the attention and what I'm doing does not matter. But just because what you're doing is not visible doesn't mean that it's not important. That's what I want you to know today is this right here, is that sometimes what you do is not going to be visible, but just because it isn't visible does not mean it isn't important. Just because what you do is not on this stage does not mean you are not making an impact for the kingdom. You are helping change the world around you. And here's what I want you to understand is that I, I recognize this is, I, I feel like I've been a part of this, this, this quote. This has been lived out in my life. Uh, I, I've shared this before with our students, but um, over 25 years ago, uh, my father uh, was a drug addict. He was uh, a drug addict for 20 years. And it was destroying our family. It was hurting us. Um, I was at the age of seven years old when it took a turn for the worse. It was the worst it had ever been. And my mom never left my dad, never divorced him. They're still together today, 38 years. But in that moment, she said, I got to get 
my children away from this. And so she took me and she took my sister and my brother and she moved us into an apartment on this very low income. She didn't tell my dad where we were going. And my dad had lost his job. This, the, 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 the cocaine was killing my father. He tells this testimony so much better than I do. So I'm going to give you the cliff notes. Dad was weighed about 120 pounds at six foot tall. He was dying. He was wasting away. He had lost his job. And so he was living in a home with no power, with no trash service, with no water. And he was just doing drugs all alone. Now we had this next door neighbor, and his name was Randy. And Randy loved Jesus. And Randy was a follower of Christ. And what Randy would do is Randy would climb through the window of that house. And he would give my dad food. And he would share with him the love of Jesus. Now no one saw Randy do that. There was no social media for him to post that on. He didn't call anyone. But he would share the gospel with my dad over and over. And then one day, my dad said he knew that his body was shutting down and he knew if he died, he would go to hell. And so my dad said he woke up one morning and his legs weren't working properly. The drugs, his body was deteriorating. And so he pulled himself across the front lawn to the next story and he knocks on the door and he says, Randy, I got to go to church because if I die, I'm going to go to hell. I don't want to be this way anymore. So the next day, Randy took my dad to church. And my dad would sit at the altar and he would accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. And in that moment, my dad was instantly changed forever. And then that evening, my mom would come to church with him. He said, you got to come. you got to experience this thing called Jesus. And that night, my mother would accept Jesus. And a few months later, I would accept Jesus at a camp, our world was changed forever just because a man understood how important his part in the body of Christ. He understood that if he, if he didn't do it, no one else was going to do it. And I need you to understand that because of his gift and his bravery and his courage and his determination to serve and to share the gospel and to be the hands and feet, he has had a generational impact in my family. I am standing here today because he continued to crawl through a window day after day to share the gospel even though he wasn't being seen. My babies are going to grow up in a home with a mother and father who love Jesus and love each other more than them and is going to share with them the gospel and give them every opportunity to live in a relationship with Him just because what you do is not visible. It doesn't mean that it's not important. You are called, you are chosen, and you are capable. You are invaluable to God's work. You matter. And if you are not engaged, if you are not serving, if you are not loving, something that God wants to be done is not being done. And He has placed a gift inside of you and He wants you to know that you matter. And He wants to use you 
to change the world around us. Who in here has ever fallen asleep before? You've just fallen asleep on your arm. Anybody? You've fallen asleep on your arm, right? And you get paralyzed. You get this paralyzed feeling. It falls asleep. You're like, oh gosh, what's wrong with my... It's useless. And you can't do anything with it until it wakes up. There's a lot of people in the body of Christ that have fallen asleep. And we are useless right now. But I need you to understand that there are things God wants... He wants to be accomplished and He wants you... He wants to use you to accomplish those things. But if we're asleep, that means they're not being accomplished. There are lives that need to be changed. And He wants you to help change those lives. But if we're asleep, they're not being changed. And there's needs that need to be met. And if we're asleep, they're not being met. We are the body of Christ. We are the church. And it's time that we wake up. Our community, our world around us is sinking further and further into sin. And He has empowered you to help change the world. But if all we do is sit on our hands, things are not getting done. I want Him to use me. We have to have the yes, here I am, Lord, send me mentality. I don't want Him to use someone else to do my part. I want to be used to change the people around me because I recognize that I matter and that He doesn't need me, but He chooses to use me. We matter to Him. Now you may be asking, but what about my past? What about your past? Your past does not disqualify you from holding a door and smiling and welcoming people into the church. Your past does not disqualify you from doing that. Yeah, but I have a failed marriage. Well, maybe... Maybe the feelings and the time that you spend in that, maybe you can help others heal as they go through that. You can be used. When you repent and turn to God, He'll use that and turn it into a testimony. Well, I'm not smart enough. I don't have a degree. I don't know the gospel enough to tell somebody about Jesus. Do you know who Jesus is? Do you call Him your Savior? Do you know how to love your neighbor? Are you living that out? Do you love them as you love yourself? Then you know enough. It is not about your ability. It's about your availability. God has used people throughout history, throughout the gospel, to change the world in spite of their ability. But it was those who said, I'm here. And I will go. And I will share the gospel. And I will, I will walk, march around these walls. I will do everything I have to do to make your name famous. And to make sure that people around me know that you are strong. That you are powerful. That you are mighty. And that you can change their circumstances. You matter. Your story matters. Your encouragement matters. Your giving matters. Do not allow your gift to sit on a shelf and collect dust. God wants to use you to change the world. And if you're holding a door, if you're greeting, if you're saying hello to people, if you're providing a meal, if you're welcoming people into your home, you are being the love of Jesus in action. Here's what I want you to walk away with. We are the body 
of Christ. And you are invaluable to God's work. You matter. You matter so much more than you could ever believe. And I pray that you walk away today and you open those doors and you walk out into the real world and you recognize that there's an enemy who is here to steal, kill, and destroy you and take everything you have. But God wants to use you to change the world. And you have to believe that. You have to be on guard. Walk away from this series. Walk away from today's service understanding that you matter. If we could just bow our head and close our eyes for just a moment. I know there are people who are watching right now who are in the room that feel so inadequate. They feel as if God can't use you, nor does He want to. But that is a lie that you have believed for far too long. You also are believing the lie, just the fact that, hey, maybe I just don't matter. Just plain and simple. I don't matter. I've done too much. I've been through too much. My family is hurt too much. I wasn't treated the right way as a child. I haven't experienced love the right way before. I don't matter. Why does God doesn't care about me? And I would challenge you to challenge that thought process. And believe what the gospel says. That for so good that God loved you so much that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him would live in eternity with Him. You matter so much that God gave His only Son to bleed out on a cross, to be buried and resurrect three days later so that if you came into a relationship with Him, you could experience salvation. You could experience a new life, eternity in heaven when you pass away. But you got to start right here today with the fact that you matter. And there are people in this room that are hurting. And we want to invite you forward in just a few moments. We have a team that is going to pray with you. We're going to lead you in song. And we want to worship with you this morning but if there is someone who is watching online who is in this room today who says hey this man Jesus has put something in me and I feel it rattling around and I believe that he died for me I believe that he was buried that he was resurrected three days later for my life I've never accepted him before as my savior and I want to do that today and if you're in this place this morning you say hey I want to make a change I want to declare that Jesus is now the Lord of my life. I want to walk you through a prayer. If that's you, can you just do me a favor really quickly? Can you just raise your hand so we can see that? And we'll come in agreement. I'll I'll lead you through a prayer right here. Come on. If that's you in the room, just raise your hand.
Lord, I pray, Father, right now. God, as we begin to sing and lift up your voice, lift up our voices and praise your name, that people would come forward, that they would come to the altars, that they would worship you, that they would run to you, that they would begin to believe that you love them and that they matter. That we would leave this place believing that we are invaluable to your work, that you want to use us, God. That we cannot leave this place the same, that we need to leave with a changed heart.